what up what up what up welcome back to the scorecard the boxing scorecard where i ask people to bring their scorecard and an explanation not just simply your opinion so we had a couple of a uh, couple of big fights last night in the boxing world we'll get to, we'll get to them but the main event that we're going to start with is at uh, the lightweight division 135 pounds with mr vasil lomachenko versus um, Mr. Ortiz. Um, Ortiz is not really a well-known guy. Um, he's, he was coming up through the ranks. Um, yeah, thank you for putting up his, his that there, Mr. Jermaine Ortiz. He was actually a former uh, sparring partner of Lomachenko, um, but a, a respectable one. Um, not just the guy in there. He actually, you know, gave him some good work and, and helped him prepare. His nickname is the technician, Jermaine the Technician Ortiz. And he has he came in with a record of 16 wins, eight, eight knockouts, with only uh, his first loss coming last night. So he was undefeated. Um the other big win that he does have on his record is against uh Jamel Herring, who uh former champion himself, um, just lost his title to, to Shakur Stevenson, but before that was uh um one of the top boxers still is a top boxer in, in that in that division, um, and then uh, moving on to Vasily Lomachenko. You know I like to pronounce these guys' names properly. Vasily Anatoliyovich Lomachenko. Oh, actually did pretty good that time. He is 34 years old from the Ukraine. One of the most accomplished boxers, amateur and professional, um, in history. Um, Two-time Olympic gold medalist. A record of 396 wins with only one loss and he revenged that loss beat the guy two times just to make sure it was clear <laughs> make sure that it was clear that that uh, that he's better as a professional um his record is 17 wins uh, with 11 knockouts with only two losses um he's unified um won multiple belts in multiple divisions and he's done it faster i'm pretty sure he's done it faster than uh than most people in history. I don't know about some that it's not, I don't think it's going to be accomplished anytime, anytime soon with the way that, uh, you know, people like to rush into the pros to, to, for the money took his time. Now, the only thing with being a two time uh, um, gold medalist is that, you know, you, you, you stay for two Olympic cycles. When you turn pro, you're starting a little bit later in your late twenties. Um, so as much as he's accomplished and as good as he still is at 34 years old, you know, I always mention that, uh, you know, in, in, in real life age, it's not, not old, but in an athletic age, it's starting to get up there. So this is where he has to be careful because as good as he is, he's 34 years old, you know, getting to that point where, um, you know, as a grown per male or female, you're still going to have your, your maintain your strength as you get older. But the, the, the one athletic things, some of the athletic things that you start to lose is your um you know speed reflexes and stuff like that so anyways we got to get to the scorecard because that's what you guys are here for um much respect to mr ortiz because he put up um a much tougher fight than uh, than most people expected uh the official scorecards was 116 to 112 117 to 111 and 115 to 113, all in favor for Mr. Lomachenko. My specific scorecard was a draw, 114 to 114. I had specifically 
It was a lot of close rounds. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven rounds that I that I marked specifically as close rounds. So again, 117-111 is a is a wide scorecard. I don't know. When when I go to um, you know, so mine was 114-114. If I would have scored the close rounds, obviously a close round is described as could have went either way, then you know, that's how the numbers could kind of get mixed up. So I guess a lot of the the, the close rounds that I that I marked. So that judge that scored at 117 111 for Lomachenko because that's the thing most of the close rounds I did I'm pretty sure I did mark for uh for Ortiz anyways let's get through it let's go through it uh round one I didn't mark any notes for notes for now in round one but you know uh, um Ortiz came out and just established himself Lomachenko looked like he was just moving around trying trying to feel him out a little bit you know that that's the kind of thing as I mentioned before that these two are former sparring partners for a couple of weeks. And the thing when you're when you're fighting an actual sparring partner, you, it makes you think a little bit more because this person actually knows the moves that you've been working on during the training camp, not this specific training camp, but a, a previous one. Um, so it kind of plays with your head a little bit. You know, they 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 kind of know what you're about to do, um, and you can tell. Miss Ortiz did his studying. They they spent five weeks sparring with each other for one of his one of Lomachenko's previous fights, and Ortiz did his studying. He definitely did his studying because he did very good in that first round. Um, it wasn't anything specific that uh, that gave it to him, but um, you know it, he he just did a little bit more, landed a little bit more in that first round. Second round, um, I also gave to Ortiz. My notes was Ortiz landed multiple counter left hooks that were clean. Yes. After the second round, Lomachenko was a southpaw standing with his right foot forward. So his right shoulder would be kind of forward on this left side of his face. And Ortiz is an orthodox. So standing on this side, catching, catching him with multiple counter left hooks at the end of the second round or um, Lomachenko had a, had a little scratch under his eye. Now, Commentators are trying to say it's, it was a scratch from the gloves, which can happen sometimes. But the the uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was from the clean the clean counter left hooks that uh, Mr. Ortiz was landing. Third round, the third round. So one, two, three, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> from three to eight, I marked every one of those as as, as close rounds because it was close. Um, round three which I gave to, who did I give it to specifically? I gave it to uh, to Ortiz. You know what? I gave Ortiz the first four rounds, specifically round three. Both landed clean, but Ortiz Ortiz landed a bit more. Loma's eyes is bothering him. Yeah. You can tell because he was, you know, when someone's blinking a little bit more, you can kind of tell that it's bothering them a little bit. Um, not not too much, but he didn't look exactly like, look like the, the, the Matrix Loma that we're so used to seeing now. Is that... It, the question is, is it because he's 34 years old and reflexes is slowing down or is Ortiz that good and studied that well from that, you know, from the previous sparring that, that he's able to keep up with him? That is the question. Round four, I also gave to Mr. Ortiz. My, oh, no notes for round four, but I marked it as a close round. Oh, yeah, that's why. Because the Silva, the Jake Paul and Silva fight was kind of on at the same time. So I was... Showing respect to the boxing, of course, I was paying attention to Loma, to, to, to Loma and Ortiz. During the break, 
I was watching the 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 Jake Paul and Silva. That's why sometimes I don't have, have notes for these <laughs> for this one. Uh, round five marked it as a close round. Um, well, round five I gave to Loma. Round five was the first round I gave to Lomachenko. And my specific notes for that one was first was the first round that Lomachenko looked like he landed more. At the end of the fight, too, I didn't I didn't write this down, so I want to make sure I say it before I forget at the end. The total punches landed. So I make sure I got the highlights on here. The total punches landed was, I believe, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. And where's the scorecards in the chat, man? Where's everybody at? I know there's people listening. Where's your scorecards? Put them in the chat. Or at least give me your educated opinion on, on, on the fights last night. Um, was the first, So Lomachenko, the, the, the punches landed was 125 to, I believe, 121. That's how close it was at the end of the match. So that just goes to show you. Yeah, round five was the first round. Round six, I marked it as a close round. I gave it to Lomachenko, but I also marked it as a close round. My uh, my specific stats was, notes was Ortiz slowing down a bit. La uh, Loma simply landing more cleaner shots. You know what's funny too about all these picks? Yeah, I keep going through the picks. I don't know if, if the photographers did this on purpose or if Google did this on purpose. Like all the picks that you're seeing of the fight are are looks like Lomachenko is is dominating him. But it wasn't. I don't know why. I was looking. There's like no pictures of of the of the good work that Ortiz was doing. Yeah, keep flipping through those picks. But um, yeah, there was no there was no actual uh, um, like all the picks that you're seeing is is Lomachenko doing good. Which you know, obviously pictures don't lie. He was doing this, but Ortiz was doing his thing too. As actually, you can see in this pick right here. Look at Lomachenko's eye on that right side, right under it. That was from the counter left hooks that Ortiz was landing. The whole time um back to the scorecard round seven round seven i marked it as close round i gave it to to ortiz my specific notes was very close um he made loma take a walk after oh yeah after a few body shots there was a point in that seventh round that uh, ortiz landed a few body shots and you know Everyone knows you, you, you want to do your best to never show your opponent that you're tired or hurt. Um, but sometimes body shots, it, it's hard, it's hard to it's hard to hide them. Um, Ortiz landed a few good body shots, a few good uppercuts to the body, and Loma had to take a walk. He he, he didn't show no facial expressions, but he took those body shots and in turn and had to take a walk to catch his breath for a second. Um, so that was uh, that was that was nice to see there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Made Loma take a walk after a few body shots. Round eight. <clears throat> round eight was a close round. I also gave it to Mr. Ortiz. Uh, my notes were nothing special, just very close. Yeah, man. I, I'm assuming this is how their, their sparring went. Um, with, with Loma doing his thing. Again, pictures like this is, <coughs> sorry, this, this, <laughs> Ortiz was doing his thing. Not beating Lomachenko down like this, but getting beating Lomachenko to the punch, making Lomachenko back up. And Lomachenko could he can fight going backwards. He has good enough footwork. There's not too many boxers um, that are that are good that are good boxers have good offense going backwards too. Lomachenko does have that, but Ortiz was was doing his thing and um, and nullifying most of that. All right, now this. 
is the thing here. So that was round eight. Now up to round eight, the score for me was 70, it was 78 to 74 for Mr. Ortiz. The next four rounds, and only it was only the last round that I that I marked as a close round, I gave to Lomachenko. So round nine, 10, 11, and 12. I gave to Lomachenko, and that's the only reason why the, the fight ended up a draw. Now, for me, a lot of people are saying it's crazy. It was clear for Ortiz. Yes, Ortiz did his thing. Again, bring your scorecard. Not only tell me what you saw. <laughs> so, specifically, round nine, Loma landed slightly cleaner. I told you, at the end of the fight, the 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 punches that were counted landed was like 125 to 121 so that shows you how close it was and, and, it, and it really was that close round 10 and these weren't close rounds I, I didn't mark these as close rounds I marked them all for Lomachenko round 10 so after round 9 it was 87 84 still for Ortiz going into round 10 I marked it uh, it wasn't marked as a close round but I gave it to Lomachenko I let I wrote um, Loma landing more pressure, more landing. Oh yeah, more landing pressure from from um, more landing pressure from Lomachenko. They were both kind of going back and forth, but when Lomachenko would press forward, he would land like he was because his hands are just faster. He was landing a little bit more of the exchanges. Ortiz again was doing his thing, but Loma would land a little bit more during those small exchanges, not hard punches. Because both guys, you know, guys really no no one no no guys got nobody got dropped. Um, just because nobody got dropped doesn't mean the punches don't hurt. Don't get don't get that twisted. But um, anyways, moving on from there. <laughs> yeah, round ten to Lomachenko just because he had more landing pressure. So after round ten, it was still ninety six to ninety four for T's. Round eleven. No notes for round 11, but I gave it to Lomachenko. So that was one. So after round 11, it was 105 to 104 for Mr. Ortiz. So it was up to round 12. If it wasn't for round 12, then Ortiz would have won. So round 12, I marked it as a close round. It was a very close round. No notes for that, but it was. I marked it as a very close round, and that's why I ended up with a 114-114 draw much respect to Jermaine the technician Ortiz he did his thing in on in the first half of the fight more than the first half of the fight and it was really it was really just the last the last four rounds I gave Lomachenko the the, the fifth and sixth and then from uh yeah 9 10 11 12 that's how it ended up a draw with seven rounds I marked as close rounds Seven of them I marked as close rounds. So where do uh, where do both guys go from here? You know, let me check how old is Mr. Ortiz real quick. Box Rick, Jermaine Ortiz. He is. Oh, the computer's a little slow here. Anyways. Jermaine Ortiz, he's still young. He still has a has a has a good career ahead of him. Um, just checking to see how old he is to see if he's gonna probably gonna move up soon or not like that. 
But uh, Lomachenko, there are already talks after the fight. Uh, Devin Haney was in was in the ring, got into the ring, and um, said they were going to fight. You know, I don't really get excited when just because they verbally agree to to terms, because you know, until until it's officially one hundred percent signed, I don't get excited because you know, just like a couple of weeks ago, perfect example. They were, you know, with uh, Crawford and Spence, they you know just because they had a date, the whole social media world went crazy everyone's posting yeah the fight's happening this day like whoa 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 slow down slow down they didn't officially sign they said yes they said the date but no it wasn't officially yet so anyways my whole point of saying that is i don't get excited until it's official until it's official so it's getting closer obviously lomachenko said he would agree to any terms um he would you know and lomachenko understands that he is in this situation now, he is the the B side, and Devin Devin Haney is the A side because Devin Haney has is undisputed. He has all the belts, so it's going to be under his terms. Not going to be no 50-50 split, whether it's sixty forty or whatever. Lomachenko understands that, and and I I really believe that fight's going to happen sometime sometime uh, next year, early next year, hopefully. Um. So yeah, man. For Mr. Ortiz, no. Anyways, he put up just this match that he's put up. He's had a couple of good matches. Like the last fight. Speaking of Mr. Mr. Ortiz, you can keep flip, flipping through those. Um, the last match that he had was against uh, Jamel Jamel Herring, and that's the reason why that put him in this position for for the for the Lomachenko fight. That put him in the position for this Lomachenko fight. Um, he had a good, big win. And put up a, a a very good showing last night too. Again, just one round away from uh, from winning. Like for me, again, for me specifically, that last round, which I marked as a close round, is what made it a draw. If Ortiz would have won that round, he would have won that fight uh, um, on my scorecard. And I wish the <laughs> I wish there was more pictures. Maybe now there is. I don't know. It's the it's the day. It's the day, the morning after. There was more pictures to show the the good work that Ortiz was doing because all these picks just makes it look like, like like Loma dominated him. So again, how much time could Loma stay at the, at this high level? Now, before this fight, um, a lot of people were saying that, you know, Loma is still would still be favorite to, to beat most of the guys at the 135 pound division. Um, the Lopez who we lost to, um, moved up to 140 pounds, um, and Devin Shakur Stevenson missed weight at uh, 130, so he's going to be staying at 135 pounds. That's going to be interesting. Um, Devin Haney has hinted about moving up to 140, but I believe he's going to he'd, he'd stick around and um, and go with Lomachenko, go against Lomachenko to uh, to, to to put that name under his under under his belt that'd be uh very very good i kind of seen it as a draw yes exactly thank you for for chiming in wb boxing what does wb stand for anyway good morning to you thank you for coming in let me know what wb stands for so i could give you a, a good shout out um but yeah exactly i had at 114 to 114 um a draw and it was just that one front one pound that made a difference what I was just getting into is where do uh, where do both guy, fighters go from here? 
Um, <clears throat> so, because the fights, and it all depends, that fight with, with Haney should hopefully happens next, sometime next year, because I don't think, I don't know how much longer Devin Haney's going to be able to stay at 135 pounds before he could move up, uh, you know, just naturally. He's in his mid, mid, mid 20s right now. You get to 26, 27. You know, you can still make the weight, but it's harder and it's harder on your body to, to cut to the lower weight. So um, Lomachenko is, is that, I believe, is at his ceiling um, as far as weight classes now. Um, I don't, I definitely don't think Lomachenko has the body frame to move up to 140. So he's, he's, he's staying at, uh, at 135. There's Devin Haney, but then, you know, if there's Devin Haney and then there's Shakur Stevenson, who, you know, if you guys listen to listen to me on this show, I've been saying for a while, I believe Shakur Stevenson is going to be, uh, you know, you know, one of the number one guys in the sport um, very soon, just because of his skill level and his, and his maturity level. Um, speaking of guys, just to get into the mix too, um, Robisi Ramirez, WBC, just a family name acronym. I'm actually Greg from the Way In Podcast. Oh, my man, Greg, what up? What up? What up? Much respect, much much respect to the Way In Podcast. Yes, man, one of the other top Canadian uh, boxing podcasts. Much respect to you guys. Um, I was just mentioning Shakur Stevenson. Um, someone associated with Shakur Stevenson. This is this is tied in with the with the Lomachenko and 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 Ortiz here. In, in this, around the same division. I was mentioning uh, Robisi Ramirez, who was on the undercard. Um, Robisi Ramirez is the person who beat uh, Shakur Stevenson at the uh, 2016 Olympics. Um, he lost his first professional fight, getting adjusted to the pro level, but since then he's doing his thing. Um, the one thing, though, he's going to – he has to pick up – and, I'm you know, I always say he has to pick up the pace as far as – as far as uh, taking care of his, his his opponents, and I always mention, you know, I, uh, you know, if a, if a boxer is doing his thing, you can't, you know, you, it's up to the other person to to press the boxer to to do it. Um, sometimes though, there's certain situations where it's you know it's pretty clear, like man, you you could do it a little bit more to 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 take care of this guy and and get him out of there. So I think that was the situation last night with Mister. Um, Robisi Ramirez, who he's not 135, he's he's at one 130 or even 126, um, potentially could move up to to 130, but he's a little guy too, so he might be staying at 126 or or, or um, you know, like I said, at the at the top, at the most, he might move up to 130. But I just mentioned him because he's a very good boxer too. Um, the only person, the last person to defeat to defeat Shakur Stevenson who now is at 135 pounds. So I don't think at, you know, at the beginning of their careers, they were talking about having, having them fight each other, but I don't think Shakur is, is just naturally getting bigger now. So I don't think um, that fight is going to happen, but can you imagine Shakur Stevenson versus Vasily Lomachenko? Cause Lomachenko has said already, this is not just rumor. I, heard him say this just recently that um he said that Shakur Stevenson he believes that Shakur Stevenson would be a harder fight not that he's not saying he'd automatically win against Haney well obviously every fighter thinks they're gonna win but he didn't say Haney would be 
an easy fight that he's going to win. He just said Shakur Stevenson would be a tougher fight. Um, and I 100% agree because I always said Shakur Stevenson, this guy, man, he he's he's I don't know him personally. Out, I don't know how he is outside of, of boxing, but inside the ring, he's he's very mature for his age. Like, like I said, when he lost, he got a silver medal at the Olympics when he was like like 18 or 19. Whatever, like, is the age, uh, not limit, but uh, minimum to get in. Like, he just barely made it. And he got a silver medal against the Cuban who was who was already a gold medalist the last time out and just lost, like, a, a very close decision. So from then, I knew that his, like, maturity-wise, inside the ring, he's more mature than than, than his boxing age. Which is why I... Um, I agree with what Lomachenko said that uh, that the Shakur Stevenson would be a tougher fight. And once again, much respect to Devin Haney because he is not no joke either. He's a very good fighter, a very smart fighter, knows how to use his jab, knows how to maintain his distance. Um, so that's that's going to be interesting. So it's all it's really going to be who can get to who first. Thirty four years old. The fight happens next year. Uh, 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 we'll see, man. We'll see. Because it's, it's you know, and that's the other thing that's going to be interesting when, when people talk about this fight. Because I, I always wonder how how people pick and choose which which fighters that, they, that they'll give the excuse that this fighter was too old. But and they'll give another fighter credit for fighting a, a fighter that was the same age. So, you know, like, there's a few examples that we'll get into another time. But anyways. Mayweather was 36 years old when he schooled Canelo. Anyways, I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, so, yeah, the reason why I bring that up is, as I said at the beginning, it's going to be interesting to see how long Lomachenko can maintain um, maintain his, his, um, his speed, reaction time, and reflexes at the lighter weight classes. In, in the heavier weight classes, you can maintain more of your power, you know, specifically at the heavyweight division. You you can you can maintain you can rely a little bit more on your power as you get older because you do lose those speed and reflexes in the lower weight classes where you actually do rely on your speed and your counter your counter punching ability skills, your, your your ability, your speed, not just for offense, but speed for getting out of the way of punches, speed for your defense, for defending punches. Um that matters a little bit more in in the lower weight classes you know you still your 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 brain is still there to see everything coming i remember muhammad ali said once through round five um muhammad ali said once as like when he when you got older like your footwork it feels like you're like you're moving in sand and you're and if when, when your punches it feels like you're punching underwater for anyone that's ever like shadow box un, shadow box underwater it's actually a good, good strengthening tool for your whole body because you have to turn your whole body into it. Um, anyways, just imagine in real life in the ring that feeling, you know, because you still see, because he said, Muhammad Ali said, you still see everything that's happening. You just can't react to it as fast. That is the problem why not just in boxing, but in all professional sports, why athletes have to retire around that age. Um, in other sports like baseball, <laughs> you can, you know, you, you could be a, a, what do you call it, Dex designated hitter and not do anything in the field and just go up to bat every couple of times and 
you know, you can you can prolong your career in certain sports. Boxing, hey, there's no there's no substitutions, there's no timeouts. You just have to rely on your on your skills, right? So my whole point of saying that is uh, going to be interesting to see how long Vasily Lomachenko, one of the most accomplished boxers of our generation, amateur and pro, is uh, how long can he maintain himself at this level? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other fight that I started scoring but got distracted from, um, Zapata versus Diaz. Zapata versus Jojo Diaz was a very good match. I'm going to get to Jake Paul and, and, and Anderson Silva right after this, too. <laughs> um, Zapata and Diaz. Very interesting. Diaz was a, is a veteran. Um, his, resume is, is, um, his resume is definitely filled up. A, a respectable resume. He's fought some good guys. Zapata is up and coming. I don't got his exact record, but... Um, he has a lot of knockouts for 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 his um pretty sure he's 27 or something like that 27 and 0 23 knockouts but a very high knockout percentage my whole point of bringing that up is that his style of fighting is very interesting because most most boxers that have um that have a lot a lot of knockouts on their record they're more type of you know for the best example like a Deontay Wilder like single punch or or Javante Davis guys that can get you out with a with a single punch. Zapata, he's more of a volume puncher. And volume punchers aren't really known for having power. They're just, you know, they're just known for for putting putting that work in there. But Zapata, he has a little bit of, of that combination. Why is my box not coming up? He has a little bit of that combination of of uh volume with power behind those punches that are coming at you. Um so you you can you can tell earlier on, I gave the first three rounds of Zapata and then I couldn't score after that. Um, couldn't score after that because it was the other fights on too. Uh, um, so got it was watching those ones, but uh, I made sure to pay pay attention to, to the main event here. Um, so I got to go back and, and and watch that one. Uh, Zapata won. Zapata won a close one. I saw him get his hand raised at the end, but Diaz. Was landing, you know, he showed his veteran veteranship um, by by countering Zapata a few times later on. But the thing is, the, the, Ortiz landed a, like some good solid ones that were that were harder, visibly harder than 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 what Zapata landed. But again, Zapata's volume was just he just came back with the volume. That's that's what helped him uh, carry him over to uh, to the end of the fight. Got to go watch, back and watch that one again because that, that was a good one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. So for the YouTube showdown, we can get to the uh, to the other picks now. We'll get to the Jake Paul and Mr. Anderson Silva. Take a quick sip before we dive into this one here. So, Anderson Silva, give you a few things about his stats here. Uh, his resume, 34 wins, 11 losses, one no contest. So, 34 wins, 23 knockouts was his MMA record. He had 10 successful title defenses. This is in MMA, not boxing, though. 
10 successful title defenses, the longest championship reign in UFC history, 2,457 days he reigned as champion. How many years is that? Why wouldn't he just put in years? Anyways, longest win streak in UFC history with 16, most knockouts in UFC title fights with seven. From Sao Paulo, Brazil, Mr. Anderson Silva, the spider, one of the greatest uh, fighters of all time. But he's 47 years old. About 10 years past the, the, the reaction and reflexes time. Going up against Jake Paul, who I mentioned this before. This guy talks a lot of trash. I know he talks a lot of trash through the media. But when it comes to his boxing training, this guy actually is taking his boxing seriously. And for everyone, they're saying, yes, yes, you know, for him to eventually fight a real boxer. I believe, I honestly believe that he's slowly working his way up to that. Because you guys are, you guys have to remember something. He never had any amateur fights, right? He never had any amateur fights. And if you think about it, he actually has stepped up in competition each time. His first fight was against a nobody, some nobody YouTuber. His second fight was against Nate Robinson, who was at least a professional athlete. His third fight was against Ben Askren, who was a, at least an MMA fighter. Fight after that was against uh, Tyron Woodley, who was at least a UFC uh, uh, MMA champion. And now this fight against Anderson Silva, who... Again, another, not just champion, but an MMA Hall of Famer. Passes primer, tired. Um, but again, so if you think about it, he's still technically a novice boxer. <laughs> like if, you, if he was in amateur boxing, <clears throat> he'd be considered an, an amateur boxer with only five or six fights. So if you look at it on, in, in that perspective... He is he is stepping up in competition. And so just imagine if you never fought before and your first couple of fights are <laughs> against thousands of, you know, in front of thousands of people with millions of people watching on TV. Um, anyways, man, he's he's uh he's stepping it up. The fight was uh, you know, the fight was was the fight. Um, he won by I think I don't know if it was unanimous or split decision. Um he did. Yeah, yeah, thank you. We got the tail of the tape here too. So we got uh okay, this was this is Anderson Silva's boxing record. Three wins and one loss. I wonder who that loss is to. Uh my man Greg, do you know who that loss is to in boxing from um from Anderson Silva? Um they both have two knockouts. Uh no, sorry, my bad. Jake Paul has four knockouts, Anderson Silva two in boxing. How much did they both weigh for this? 188. They both weighed 188. Um, Anderson Silva, one inch taller and had a two inch reach advantage. And yeah, he uh, he did his thing. I remember back in the day when Anderson Silva was still in, act, in his actual prime, they were trying to set something up with him versus Roy Jones Jr., who was past his prime back then. Um, Osmar Luis Teixeira. Who the F is that? Um, Osmar Luis Teixeira. Well, much respect to you. I don't, I don't mean to say your name like that. Ortiz's loss. Ortiz's loss. Um, you mean Silva's loss? Anderson Silva's loss in boxing? 
Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this was the guy that Anderson Silva lost to, I guess, I don't know, a, a, a journeyman. Kind of like, you know, again, the boxing's a little bit different than, uh, obviously not a lot different, but much different than, uh, than, than the MMA when you can use and take advantage of certain things and certain angles. Um, but yeah, man, it was a, it was a close fight. Uh, Anderson Silva did get knocked down at, uh, at the end, at the end of, uh, of the match. Um, I guess that was, uh, I didn't score this one. Like I said, I was, <coughs> I was watching this one during the first couple of rounds. I, I paid attention to the last, like, uh, what was it, eight rounds. So I last, I, we started watching it, paying attention, I think around the fourth round. But before that, I was paying attention to, to the main event of, of Loma and Ortiz. So I was watching this one like during the one minute break. <laughs> um, but when I was, you know, when we, when I was paying attention, it did look like a close, like like a close match. I don't know. Anderson did some, did some move where he kind of kicked up his leg a little bit and and fake like it was almost like like a Superman jab. But um, again, the novice fighter in Jake Paul. Where does he go from here? So he this this fight was 188 pounds. So that's you know right under cruiserweight. Um, it's gonna be interesting, man. It's gonna be interesting. I wonder if he he would fight someone like um, our our, our fellow Canadian Ryan Rusiki, who I believe can fight at uh, fights around that uh, that weight. Like that'd be a good step up fight for for Jake Paul and a big you know a, a big. Um, that would put our man, our Canadian Ryan Rosicki, on on the big stage. He already is a a good professional right now. Um, his coach Steve Bailey, very good coach out of TO. Um, so, I think that would be a, 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 um, Jake Paul's first boxing match. Canadian Ryan Rosicki, and um, yeah, man, that 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 would be a good step up. Um, and yeah, it'd be very interesting because. At 188 pounds, that's you know, I don't think I don't think Paul's gonna go down, go back down to uh to a hundred and lightweight division, which is 175. Um, but he would uh and the one after that, the cruiserweight division, that's that's right around there. I think the limit for that is like 201, so he's right in there. Um, so again, it'd be interesting, but again. This guy Jake Paul, like he's bringing in guys, like you know, he's bringing in guys like uh, uh, like Chad Dawson, who was, uh, if you guys don't know, was a former champion. Um, he was right up there, in, you know, in, in rated top five, you know, at one sixty eight or one seventy five. Had uh, tough matches with uh, Andre Ward, um, uh, uh, a lot of guys, uh, Jean Pascal, the other Canadian. Um, but yeah, man, Chad Dawson. A great, great former champion. These are the guys that uh, that Jake Paul is bringing in for his sparring. Um, the heavyweight that uh, that that Fury fought too. Um, anyways, my whole point of saying that is this guy's bringing in some serious sparring partners, um, and he has the money to do it. That's the thing. <laughs> you know, when you're coming up in the ranks, usually novices, you know, you you just have to get in sparring wherever you can. Um, when you get to a certain level, when you're, you know, when you get to a certain level and you're making some good money as a pro, whether it's boxing or MMA, you have the money to pay, to pay for good guys to come in, um, to help you, to help you prepare for your fights. Um, 
And so that's what that's what this guy's actually doing. And like I said, man, he's actually looking like he's improving. He's not just out there swinging punches. If you really think about it, try to get past all the the the, the trash that he talks out there in the social media and actually look at what he's doing inside the ring. He actually is getting better. He actually is honestly getting better. Um, and uh, and as far as what he's doing outside of the ring, you know, he's 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 helping he's making helping guys make more money. That's, that's but at the end of the day, most of the people that fight on under on his cards, like when he's the main event and there's a bunch of undercards, most of the people that fight on those cards, it's their biggest payday of their of their careers, especially the MMA guys. <laughs> especially the MMA guys, but even the boxers, like it's their, their biggest paydays. So, you know what I'm saying? Other, you know, I, I, he, I don't see him doing anything negative to the sport of, of boxing right now. So we'll see where he goes from here. All right, man. It looks like uh, that's all we have for this week. Yeah, man. Look at this accurate punch that he landed there. Hey man, this guy's doing his thing, man. He's getting better. Um, of course, this is Anderson Silva at 47 years old. If this was 10, 15 years ago, Anderson Silva probably would have slipped that punch and blended a, a inside uppercut or something to the body. See how wide, like the thing is, if you can slip it, Anderson Silva in this picture right here, if Anderson Silva could slip to his left and then land a left uppercut to his body. Right where where uh, where Paul is open, like make make him miss that straight right hand, and then land a left uppercut to his body. Those are the type of reflexes that you need. That's the difference between having the the speed and reaction time with your defense to get out of the way of punches. If this was Anderson Silva in his prime, I I honestly don't believe believe no don't believe I honestly believe he would have been he would reacted fast enough to get to to see that punch coming and get out of the way. So that's that's the dangerous thing about boxing when you're older. It's one thing to hit the bag and you know do do it for the workout, but to actually get in there and still do this at that age, dangerous, man. It's dangerous. But yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. That's all we have it for this week. If you haven't done it yet, please like, share, and subscribe and tell a friend to tell a friend. You know, the talk and fight channel number one boxing youtube channel on on uh on youtube and on all platforms my show specifically if you can't catch it live every sunday at 9 30 a.m eastern time you can catch the recording on any podcast platform that you can find it on um so yeah i appreciate any constructive criticism <laughs> and uh yeah hit me up on on my social media at cedric sports and um, Cedric's Porch Training YouTube channel too. Shout out, shout out, shout out to everyone out there taking the time to listen to this show. All right, man. Peace.